Uh, please stand as you are able to hear the gospel lesson this morning, which is found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child which has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star in, in rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where, where, where the Messiah would be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judea. For from you shall come a ruler who is the shepherd of the people, my people Israel. When Herod secretly, then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there, ahead of them, went the star that had been, they had seen in its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid homage, paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks for reading that, Ben. I brought a prop with me today. Can you see this? It's my Titans baseball hat. The Tennessee Titans are uh, not the best team in the NFL, but they're my favorite team. And last week, Julie and Matthew, Elizabeth and I, we traveled to visit friends and family in Nashville, where Julie grew up, and we have been Titans fans for quite a few years. We went to church on Sunday morning with some friends, Harrison and Deb and their family, and... Uh, I began to look around the congregation there, and I saw I was not the only one wearing Titans gear. We went out to brunch. I noticed that the wait staff was wearing Titans shirts, Titans hats. Matthew and I, who are really the biggest Titans fans in our family, we felt strangely at home. We wear Titans gear around Chatham. Nobody even notices, because who are the Titans here in New Jersey? I don't want to offend anybody. Are there any Titans fans here? Are there any Colts fans here? Okay, Karen. Karen, you're the only one here that's a Colts fan from Indianapolis, I understand. And Chiefs, yeah. So after lunch, 
we looked at our weather apps, we realized that this game was going to be a wet game and we were going to be sitting up in section 313 in the rain, so we went to Target to buy some ponchos. We were all geared out. We had our Titans shirts on, our Titans hats on. We were getting clear ponchos so that people could still see we were Titans fans. And then we noticed Colts fans showing up to the Target, probably to buy the same stuff. And we who were standing with Titans fans looked at these Colts fans walking in, and, and all of a sudden we felt tribal. <laughs> we felt like, who are these Colts fans walking in? Now, I'm not even from Nashville, but I felt like they're coming into our territory, wearing their Colts gear, and someone in, the, in our Titans group said, hey, tighten up, which is the Titans fans cheering. And one of the Colts fans says, tighten down. And we knew it was on. <laughs> so we started a little banter with each other. Ultimately, we wished each other good weather. <laughs> so we got to the stadium and... Um, this, was, this had playoff game implications. Whoever won this game was going to the playoffs. Whoever lost was in the postseason doing nothing but watching on TV. And there were a lot more Colts fans there and a lot more Titans fans. And it was really fascinating for me every once in a while to step back and realize, wow, look how tribal we're feeling. We're high-fiving total strangers wearing Titans gear and looking at Colts fans with some degree of malice. Perfect strangers, we don't know any of them, but just because of the gear, we felt like the war paint was on. And we knew who we were, and we knew who the enemy was. The game got started, and we saw our teams beating each other to a pulp which is what happens at NFL games. It's somewhat horrific. And then the stands started getting into it too. And in section 313, things started getting a little chippy. And fans started saying really nasty things that I will not repeat to each other. And there was some shoving and some pushing. It was really on the verge of getting uncomfortable. I happened to be sitting next to a couple who drove down from Indianapolis. They had their Colts gear on, and I started making small talk with them because they were feeling surrounded by the enemy. And this guy, he was a principal in an elementary school. They were lifelong Colts fans. And we just started treating each other as human beings and getting out of our tribal mentality. And took a little bit of the pressure off, but it was fascinating for me to realize how quickly I and we could fall into this tribal mentality, us against them, whoever they are. Now, you may be wondering, where's Jeff going with this? 
Starting out with tribal mentality is a natural place to start. It's where most of us start in our human development and in our faith life. It's not a bad place to start. It's just not a good place to end. We start tribal. Our family is the best family. Our congregation is the best congregation. Our rituals and traditions in this congregation are the best, better than any other congregation. It expands. Our denomination is the best denomination. Everyone else is somehow less than. Our faith tradition is better than anyone else's faith tradition. It takes us a while to get to that. But it's metaphorical, it's archetypal in every faith tradition. That's where we start. We start tribal. But God is persistent and is always encouraging us to broaden, to widen, to deepen, to find common ground. Houston Smith, one of the great theologians of the 20th century, a Methodist, said of various interfaith tribes, certainly in the Judeo-Christian ethic, certainly in the Abrahamic traditions, he said, when we dig deep into the soil to find water, we discover that we're all digging into the same aquifer. Tribalism is an okay place to start, but it's not a good place to end. From the very beginning of this gospel story, from the very beginning of the incarnation narrative, God is saying, to Jews and Christians and people of no faith tradition who comes to recognize Jesus as the Christ first. It is the Magi. It is the wise men and women who are not Jewish, who are not Christian, Maybe they're the first Christians. I don't know, but they were not part of the tribe from which this narrative comes. They were outsiders. They were foreigners. They didn't have the same language or custom or food or maybe even complexion as those who were in the Jewish tradition in Israel, Palestine. What is God saying to us in having the Magi be the first to come and bring gifts to the Christ child? God is saying, God's love is for all people. God's hope is much bigger than the tribal mentality. God is saying to the people of Israel and to the church, widen your understanding. Grow deeper in your Acknowledgement of God's grace and God's love for all people. The Magi are not only God's choice to say that God's love is for all people, but they are models of faithfulness to us. Look at how they trust. 
They're following a star into a foreign land where they don't speak the language, where they don't know who the power people are or how things work. They have to travel by night in the darkness because that's the only time that they could see the star and do their calculations. Do you know how hard it is to travel in a foreign land at night? Look at the trust that the wise men and women had. Look at the trust that they exhibit as they are not only strangers in a strange land, but they carry with them gifts. Now, you know how hard it is to travel, and it's easier when you travel light. They were traveling with gifts, trusting that at the end of this journey, they would be presenting these gifts to a king. Trusting that it really wasn't about them, it was about this king that God this mystery called God was going to show them. They stop at Herod's palace. Herod, a dictator, a tyrant, who is only interested in his own power and was willing to lie and kill to keep that power, told them a lie and said, when you find this king, tell me so that I can come and worship him too. Herod had no plans to worship the baby Jesus, the Christ child. He had plans to send death squads to kill every boy under two years of age. Do you see what tyrants are willing to do to consolidate their power? The wise men and women left. They followed the star. They found the Christ child. They presented their gifts. And then God warned them in a dream and said, don't go back to Herod. Go home, but by another way by another route. Change your plans. Change your GPS. Change your route. Ignore Herod. He does not have the best interests of the Christ child in mind. Do you see the trust that the wise men and women had to ignore one of the most powerful and dangerous people in Israel-Palestine at that time and to go home by another way. They're models of faithfulness for us. What does it mean to go home by another way? Home is so important. This concept of home in the spiritual life and it has nothing to do with the house where we grew up or our family of origin. Home. Home. Home is a place within 
where the indwelling God meets us, where we find a home that cannot be offended, that cannot be embarrassed, that cannot be hurt or wounded. That home, brothers and sisters, is within our grasp, each of us. But it is an inward journey that demands courage. It is an inward prayerful journey that demands intentionality. It is an inward and prayerful journey that takes guts and will result in great joy, in knowing great peace, a peace that the world cannot know. So how do we get there? How do we get to that home? There's a tradition in certain counties in Ireland, County Kerry, County Cork, that has a tradition called a woman's Christmas. And women in these counties are rediscovering this tradition where they leave home and hearth to the men for a few hours on Epiphany, on the 6th of January. And they get together with other women, and they sing, and they have some drinks together, and they pray together, and they delight in one another's company, and they celebrate the birth of Christ because they've been too busy on the 24th and 25th of December. Does that sound familiar? Do we need to rediscover this tradition? Maybe the 24th and 25th is just too busy for us to really recognize the significance of the birth of Jesus the Christ. Maybe today is the day. Jan Richardson is a wonderful poet and writer and a person of deep Christian faith. She writes this called The Map You Make Yourself, a blessing for women's Christmas. I made a few copies. They're down the hall if you'd like to pick one up as you go. You have looked at so many doors with longing, wondering if your life lay on the other side. For today, choose the door that opens to the inside. Travel the most ancient way of all, the path that leads you to the center of your life. No map, but the one you make yourself. No provision, but what you already carry and the grace that comes to those who walk the pilgrim's way. Speak this blessing as you set out and watch how your rhythm slows. The cadence of the road drawing you into the pace that is your own. Eat when hungry, rest when tired, listen to your dreaming, welcome detours as doors deeper in. Pray for protection, 
ask for guidance, offer gladness for the gifts that come, and then let them go. Do not expect to return by the same road. Home is always by another way. And you will know it not by the light that waits for you, but by the star that blazes inside you, telling you where you are is holy and you are welcome here. May God bless each of us as we go home by another way, trusting that God will give us enough light to take the next step. Amen.